Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Whether or not you think it's wrong to evict somebody during a pandemic is an inconsequential thought. Meaning you can have your opinion, but it should have no bearing on another person. And there is very much a rubber meets the road conversation here. For the people who think it's okay for President Biden to say, yeah, we'll have an eviction moratorium. Supreme Court said no. I thought listening to the court was everything. You said you couldn't do it. And you have no legal authority to do it. But with the CDC, you put forth another eviction moratorium, which is without question unconstitutional. And is reason for us to ask, why are we putting up with this from the president of the United States, who has clearly violated the law? And it doesn't matter what Baghdad Bob Saki has said. I refer to Jen Saki as Baghdad Bob Saki. I mean, this is just getting ridiculous. It's targeted. It's only in the areas that have a higher uh, possible spread of COVID-19. None of that matters. It's like your opinion. It's inconsequential to the facts of how you run a nation. This is the conversation in front of us. It is not whether it is right or wrong based on your point of view to evict somebody during a pandemic. It is whether or not the CDC, which you never voted for, can create a law and engage fines of $150,000 in a year in jail if the person lives and $250,000 in a year in jail if the person dies. That's the person you evicted who wasn't paying the mortgage or paying the rent in your home that you own, the property you own, even though there has been an unlimited number of dollars to help people with these situations. That is a good argument for the fact that there is no eviction moratorium needed. But rather, this is an homage to the political left, an homage to progressives like Ocasio-Cortez and Cori Bush and the squad. This is ideological, not constitutional. And if people are okay with that, are willing to stay silent with that, well, then you have met the very enemies of the American experiment. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz and everything at TonyKatz.com. It's a very solid one-two punch over at National Review. First, there's Philip Klein, who's the editor over there, saying Republicans should should shut down the Senate over Biden's illegal evictions moratorium, which is an interesting political play. But I want to take you to the direction of Andrew McCarthy and the reasons why this is unconstitutional. We should know what it is that we are discussing. And one of the, never mind this idea of this is an unelected body. Why are they creating any type of, of law? One of the reasons I oppose agencies is because they can utilize, they can just create edicts and they have the same effect as law, but I I never voted for these people. And it's very hard to get rid of these things. They just make some regulations like the EPA. They just make some regulation. The next thing you know, it's costing businesses tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, keeping them from hiring other people and doesn't actually do anything for the environment. 
We see this time and again and again and again. This constitutional claim, this issue regarding uh, what the CDC has done on rent has an interesting play in the idea of commerce. Congress is allowed to regulate interstate commerce. So that's the commerce between the state of Indiana and the state of Kentucky. Indiana's going to send Kentucky rye whiskey. Kentucky's going to send Indiana bourbon whiskey, even though you can make bourbon whiskey anywhere and you can make rye whiskey anywhere. Uh, Let's just say that this is the story. That commerce can be regulated by Congress. That's where their right is. However, when we talk about rents, more often than not, we are talking about intrastate commerce. What happens within the state, that is the role not of the federal government, but of the state. Not only would the CDC have no authority, the federal government would have no authority in that situation. Zero. It's important that we have a basic understanding of what the rules are, a special, an understanding of what the situation is. The CDC is going by the idea of you can't evict people during a virus. It can make them sick and spread the virus and people will be homeless. The landlord has rights, and this is really the subject. Right? I just gave you one of, of, of quite a few things people can point out regarding the issues of the CDC and, and what they're putting out with this eviction moratorium, which is illegal, and the White House knows it. And they're trying to defend it by saying, uh, look, it's, it's the right thing to do. It, it isn't the right thing to do. It is in every single way the wrong thing to do. And you have reporters going directly at Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, on this subject. Because they know, they're fully aware that this is, without question, the bridge too far. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Uh, you. You mentioned that the president is old school, and, and Steve noted that the, the president spent a significant amount of time in the Senate and is also a lawyer. Um, when, what was the moment that the president became certain that he was on solid legal uh, standing to move forward with this extension? And what was the, the argument, specific legal argument, that won out and changed his mind? Because yesterday he seemed to be weighing the two, the two options. Well, again, as I've been discussing, the justification from the legal team is that this is a different moratorium. It's narrow. It's targeted at the highest, at the area's highest impacted. It is not an extension of the national moratorium. It doesn't matter. You're trying to say we need it. That's why we can do it. And the question that was asked by Phil Wegman there was what was the moment that you found out it was legal to do this? And her answer is, we never found out. The legal team looked at it and said, well, these areas are bad areas, so we can't do it. So you can't do it now. Ha, ha, ha. It's radical as the day is long. They know that they've broken the law here, and they don't care. This is an important subject. 
the conversation of interstate versus intrastate, an important subject. But the real subject here is what happens when you place people in power who have no interest in the rule of law. Rather, they have the interest in, wait for it, doing the right thing. I put forth to you that no progressive can do the right thing. Nothing about progressivism is right. Now, they would disagree with me, but that's why we have laws. We have standards. And when you break the law, when you violate the standard, there is a punishment. The punishment for doing so when you're the president of the United States and you clearly disregard the law should be impeachment. That's what it should be, right? How is this not the impeachable offense? Violating the law, ignoring the Constitution, the the oath is clear. Uphold to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The President, Joe Biden, has not done any of that. As a matter of fact, he is in concert with these people who do not want to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. They want to void and nullify the Constitution of the United States. His actions prove that. And look how happy they are about his actions. I take this in the same place I take the infrastructure bill. And let me be very clear about something to to my, my fellow Hoosiers, my people of Indiana. I know that Senator Todd Young has voted to allow this conversation to take place in the Senate. He, he didn't vote for the bill. He voted to open up debate. Well, when you take a look at the infrastructure bill and you take a look at the equity agenda within the infrastructure bill, Digital Equity Act, which is about broadband inclusion, and I'm a big believer in increasing broadband, but the broadband inclusion... This Digital Equity Act is a block grants to states on a formula that's predicated on how many minorities there are in the area. But they describe it as things like covered populations. What they're saying is you have more black people, you get more money. So is that reparations by another name? What is that? Fairness? How so? Do rural populations in southern Indiana or in other parts of the country that may be majority white not get broadband because because race? Because they don't deserve it? Because of some pretend bigotry? How about the Digital Equity Act again? Appropriate $7.5 billion in what they call equity grants. The Rebuilding American Infrastructure with Sustainability and Equity. That's what the program's called. Raise. Doles out tax dollars to erase racial inequity. Caused by what? Automobile dependence. It's Pete Buttigieg, Transportation Secretary, a guy who has been proven to be a dope. Road scholar, great. In real world, dope. He lacks the intellectual heft, and he doesn't have the leadership skills. This, this, is, this is just what we've seen. I'm sure he's a super smart guy when it comes to Jeopardy. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying no. Speaks the language is very, very impressive. When it comes to real-world application of a needed skill set, he doesn't have it. He described that racism is physically built into U.S. highways. So now we're going to fix the inequities caused by automobile dependence. So you're talking about handing to the Secretary of Transportation $7.5 billion uh, to do with it 
what he will to not fix the roads, but to engage in racial equity. Well, since we know the entire equity conversation is a Marxism conversation, how can anybody be in favor of this so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill? Which brings us back to Senator Todd Young. Allow me to say it. And, and, and I'm not mad at Senator Young. I've had him on the show. I, I think he's been mad at me. He is, he's been mad at me on the show before. I just let him brush right off. Whatever. I mean, be mad. Be, don't be mad. What are you going to do? But you vote for this infrastructure bill, I'm going to back who's ever going against you in the primary. I'm going to back him strong. I mean, really strong. You can't vote for this. You cannot represent the state of Indiana, my state. You cannot represent me and be in favor of this radicalness. Infrastructure? Yeah. No problem. I have no issue with you supporting infrastructure. Roads and bridges and broadbands, oh yes. Not oh my, oh yes. Supporting these policies? No. He's in my party, right? That's how we're going to say it, because he's a Republican, I'm a conservative, he's in my party. But what he's doing here is wrong, if he supports this. So I have to stand up. Where are the Democrats to stand up against Joe Biden and say, hey, you can't do this eviction moratorium? Do they ever have a moment where they say, you know what, you can't do this. You know what, that doesn't work. You know what, you're not, you don't have the authority to make that happen. You can't. The CDC can't. No. They just decide something is good and decent, and all of them in this, in this absolute ridiculousness agree at once. No one ever questions. No one ever asks. No one ever says, I object. No one ever says, hey, have we thought about it this way? Nope. Just complete and total agreement. Joe Biden violated his oath, and the Democratic Party wants to talk about Trump. The Democratic Party wants to talk about January 6th. The President of the United States just gave the finger to the Supreme Court and to America. You think I need to be able to pass a law to do this or that? You think I can't just say, too bad, landlords, you can't get money from these people? F these people. F the landlords. F you if you don't like it. That's Joe Biden. By the way, that is the way he talks. He's a nasty dude. Democrats won't speak out. Just in lockstep, nay, goose step. And they think they're moral. Don't forget, Joe Biden violated the law and is proud to have done it because he doesn't believe in the rule of law like progressives don't believe in the rule of law. They believe that because they feel it, it matters. I would like for them to feel unemployment. I'm Tony Katz. McAllen, Texas, they are saying that the federal government has released over 7,000 COVID-positive migrants into their city since February. 1,500 in the last week alone. They've declared a state of disaster in McAllen, Texas. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 
Bill Malugan, who's uh, with Fox in Los Angeles, he's the local Fox affiliate, uh, stating that he watched Border Patrol drop off busloads of migrants in downtown McAllen all day long, every 30 minutes. Jen Psaki explaining to Peter Ducey uh, that, you know, we, we, we're fully aware that uh, that we have to do more or, or something. Okay. And then on immigration, uh, it's been almost four months since the president told migrants, don't come, don't leave your town. Almost two months since the vice president went to Central America to say, do not come. But people are coming in record numbers. Does the president think his immigration plan is working? Well, the president continues to convey uh, to anyone, as you've said, uh, who wants to come to the United States, now is not the time to come. It is not the time to come and try to go through a regular migration. We want to have an effective process where you can apply uh, for asylum, where you can apply for legal status. We have increased our investment in areas like the Central American Miners Program, allowing people to apply from within country so they are not making that dangerous trip. There's more that needs to be done. Uh 7,000 since February, 1,500 in the last week. I would say there's more to be done. I would say that that's absolutely positively true. There's much, much more to be done. The question is, are you going to do it? Are you going to admit to the problem, admit to the issue, and then go about fixing it? That's the question. Are you going to fix the problem? You first have to recognize, of course, that there is a problem. You have to recognize that you've caused the problem. You have to recognize that you're the reason for the problem. You. I'm talking about specifically Jen Psaki. She, <laughs> it's all her fault. You decided you knew a better way because you couldn't do it the Trump way, which was working. I'm not even making the argument there are things you could have done that were better than Trump. But to completely dismiss the concept, to completely dismiss the concept of keeping people in Mexico before they come to the U.S., of not allowing people just to be released into the United States, that's ideological. And you're responsible for this. Of course the border should be shut down. You have to show proof of vaccine to go to a restaurant, but people can come across the border? Well, let's get into this. Oh, and South Park is making bank. This is Tony Katz today. So CNN's ratings continue to be absolutely positively horrific. Embarrassing, shameful, laughable. I feel I feel so bad for them. I don't know why that. But sure. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. is the number. In the last week, they did not reach 
a million viewers. Now, understand how this gets said. There was no individual show that reached a million viewers. Cumulatively, they got more than a million viewers. This is pretty incredible. Even Chris Cuomo, whose brother, of course, did it. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I? (laughs) Too soon? He did it. Of course he harassed those women. It's not even a debate. I'm even willing to go so far as to say that he's a he's a friendly guy and he's he's a touchy feely guy and he's a warm guy and he believes in the hugs and the kiss on the cheek and the whole thing. If you're rubbing some young woman's back who works for you, asking her if she's ever played strip poker or whatever the allegations are that are close to that one, you did it. We don't even have to ask. If I asked producer Ari if he's ever played strip poker before, I did it. This is a, this this is just not debate. Now the question, of course, is whether or not New York votes him out. And right now there are eighty-two members of the assembly who are interested in voting him out. I just don't know if it's going to happen. It's more than half. There's 150 members in the assembly. I just don't know if they'll actually vote to impeach. But we all agree it's the biggest story that's out there. I've got more to talk about, Andrew Cuomo and the the governor of New York, in just a second. It's the biggest story out there. And then here comes Chris Cuomo. I have actually uh, exclusive audio from Chris uh, Cuomo. I like cheese. That's Chris Cuomo right there. It's, wow, it's... uh, Very, very uh, impassioned stuff. He does his show that night and doesn't mention his brother at all. Doesn't mention the thing. Talks about Ron DeSantis. Oh, do I have some great Ron DeSantis audio. If you're wondering if he's running in 2024, we can put that to rest. I wish people weren't talking about 2024, but you you can't. I mean, this is just too, too glaring and too obvious and too absolutely spectacular. Spectacular. He's going to raise money off this like it's his job. Wait, it might be his job. He's talking about Ron DeSantis as Chris Cuomo. He's talking about COVID. Your brother, the governor of New York... Sexually harassed 11 women. And it's not even in doubt. As a matter of fact, not only did he sexually harass these women, he got help from the founder of Time's Up. Time's Up is one of those Me Too movement things. Remember, Always remember that the Me Too movement, which is about uh, women who have been you know, sexually harassed or, or, or worse, it could have and should have been a thing. Let me say that again. It could have and should have been a thing we should be the people opposed to that kind of treatment instead they made it radically political and now it is learned that Roberta Kaplan a co-founder of Time's Up advised the Cuomo team about this op-ed that the governor wrote to discredit Lindsey Boylan the first woman to accuse Governor Cuomo, and is now going to sue him, according to multiple sources. Roberta Kaplan and the CEO of Time's Up, Tina Chen, approved the op-ed. The op-ed was kind of repugnant to other people within the uh, Cuomo orbit, and they didn't want him to publish it. 
The piece never got published, but it sure as heck got written, and it got the approval of the women who tell you to believe all women. Man, can we can we discuss how poorly women treat other women for a moment? Oh, I'll take all the call in. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Women treat other women like garbage. <laughs> it's unreal. We stand for all women. We believe all women. Wait, wait. That woman is opposed to uh, to my politics? Skank. And by the way, I had to clean that up. I want you to know, Producer Ari, I cleaned up by using the word skank. Still wasn't very clean. Oh, I had a couple others. I had a couple others just just sitting. I mean, the arsenal is full, but it's absolutely true. I always for, forget the name of the former Attorney General of New York, Eric Schneiderman. Eric Schneiderman was the Attorney General of New York, and he resigned his position um, in 2018 because four women accused him of, of physical abuse. And no one's denying that it happened. But here's the story that they always forget to tell or people forget in general. When these women started coming forward about what Eric Schneiderman was doing, they had friends, other women, and it could have been other men, other women who said, yeah, it's terrible. We can't, you, you can't, you can't accuse him. We need him. That's what they said. We need him to run for office. He's a star in the Democratic Party. We need this. We need that. Their politics outweighed their humanity. We need him. You need this abuser? Holy crap. What a thing you need. Well, I think that's exactly what we're going to be finding out here about uh, Governor Cuomo. Look, we just need him to be in office, right? He's not perfect, but some of these other so-called Democrats, they're just dangerous, and then they'll, they'll open it up for the, for the Republicans. You don't want it to be opened up for, for the Republicans. Now, oh, the Republicans. <laughs> the Republicans weren't sexually harassing you. Maybe it would have been better. Chris Cuomo talks about none of this. He talked about none of it on his show like it didn't exist. And that program, 930,000 viewers, still didn't crack a million. So when does CNN learn? And the answer is it's obvious they don't. Isn't it obvious that if Chris Cuomo could still be on CNN, even though he is absolutely implicated in this conversation about his brother, because it's not that he got a call from his brother and, and his brother's like, Chrissy, Chrissy, it's Andy. This is bad, Chrissy. Whoo, don't get into politics, Chrissy. I'll tell you what. And Chris said, well, I just say you didn't do it and be contrite and move on with your day. Brothers, I could see talking to each other like that, right? No, you would do the same. Yeah, that's what you would say. Especially if you believed him. If you didn't believe him, it might be a different conversation. So, yeah, everyone could accept that a brother would talk to a brother regardless of what the brothers do. No one's going to pretend they don't actually talk about the things. Only Joe Biden could so hate you as to lie to you and say, I never talked to Hunter about his out-of-seas dealings. I never talked to him about his business. 
You never talked to Hunter about your about his business? My father is talking to me about my business every chance he gets. If I allowed him to, he would sit in the studio with me and pass me notes. He Hunter and, and Joe never talked about his business affairs in Ukraine. Well, they didn't have to talk about it. Joe was there having the meetings. They were meeting in D.C. They were getting a 10% for the big guy. My father's still wondering where his 10% is. Look at him like a schmuck without 10%. But CNN is fine with this. CNN is fine with this with a guy who is implicated not in just having a conversation with his brother, but helping craft the responses against those engaged in the allegations. Maybe that's a guy who's got to take some time off. Nope. Jeff Zucker's fine with it. So you now understand exactly how low CNN is. And anytime they come at Fox News or Newsmax or, or anybody else, they say, well, how could they do this? How could they not? Why are they treating people this way? And oh my gosh, they're so terrible. No, no, no. CNN has no moral authority. These are morally bankrupt people. The ugliest, worst people work at CNN. And of course, that's not true of everybody. Not everybody's ugly. Mary Catherine Ham works at CNN. She's lovely. There, I named one. The hosts? It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And maybe that's why they don't get a million viewers. Maybe that's why they don't get a million viewers. Cuomo Primetime averaged 872,000 viewers. It was the highest rated show that week. Hannity was 2.3 million. Maddow was 1.6. All they have to do, producer Ari, is put me on the air. Any hour they give me in six months, I'll have the highest ratings on the network. They don't even have to pay me for the first six months. I'll prove to you I can get the ratings, and then you can back pay me. You in or you out, producer Ari? Uh, I think I'm going to pass. Really? You're not going to produce that show? I, I don't think that. I'm not doing it for free. No, no, I'll pay you. That's how convinced I am. Oh, I thought I had to do it for free, too. No, oh. you don't have to do it for free. No, why should you have to, you know, put a little faith in something? No, no, no. You do it, I'll, I'll pay you, and then uh, when I get paid, you'll get no part of that. But I'll just keep paying you. All right, yeah, sure, I'm in for that. All right, producer Ari, down for the cause, everybody. A true believer. There he is. There he is. CNN wants to go down this road. They're going to get nothing. Honesty matters. Being out there matters. Speaking it directly matters. That's how South Park got a $900 million deal with Viacom. You don't think it's because they do fart jokes, do you? It's because they connect culturally in the most unbelievable way. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. $900 million over the next six years... Keep doing the show. They're going to make 14 made-for-streaming movies. Now, I don't know if these are going to be just South Park movies or maybe other kinds. But one of the things this is, is saying, hey, Paramount Plus is a player. And we're going to take on Disney Plus and Netflix, and we're going to punch them directly in the you-know-what. We're going to Rochambeau them, as the South Park boys would say.
Dude, they're just good. Why, why deny facts? Year after year after year after year, more honest, more clear, more direct, more focused than anybody out there. Culturally incredible. The deal runs through 2027. Six more cycles of South Park, 14 made for TV movies. It's not because they got four kids, they're cutting out a cardboard or, or, or construction paper saying crude things. That's, that's not what it's all about. That's never been what it's all about. It's that they connect. It's that they're honest. It's that they, they, they see through the nonsense and they hit it directly and thusly and people absolutely positively love that. They love it. And they want to be around it. CNN doesn't know this? CNN doesn't know that an audience loves and craves honesty and direct conversation and a willingness to look at their quote-unquote own side and say, yeah, this is wrong? Because when it is, it is. Because it's based on the honesty, not based on the ideology. That's not what they do at CNN. And now you see the result. Uh, by the way, let me say it uh, again. I think Andrew Cuomo is guilty. Do I think he's guilty in all 11 cases? I'd really have to look at all 11 cases. But do I think Andrew Cuomo is a guy who doesn't believe the rules apply to him and he has said inappropriate things in the workplace? Absolutely. Do I think it's enough to warrant his impeachment? I don't actually know the answer to that question. Uh, but New Yorkers have made their call. Now we're going to see if the elected officials put up to what they're saying or they're willing to have to deal with the constituency that votes them out of office. It's going to be an interesting, interesting couple of weeks. I'm Tony Katz. I've got some incredible Ron DeSantis audio to share, but if you want to know why people are attracted to the governor of Florida, it's stuff like this. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way, and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a bull. I, I don't want to play it yet. I don't want to play it yet. Oh, if you didn't hear it, if you didn't hear it, you got to hear it. Stay it right here. I will, I will have it for you in the next hour. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Also... I have been discussing, honestly and clearly, that masks don't work. I have been engaged in a conversation about the science from day one, about the ineffectiveness of masks. And the people who continue to push masks and mask mandates, those people are wrong, and they have no science to back them up. I've discussed the fact that you can't find a, a health professional who can make an argument for masks that makes sense 
The masks that are worn by the, by the civilian population? No way. The data is clear on this. And also there's data on what we're seeing from this Delta variant. While you've got Dr. Fauci trying to scare people saying, oh, new variants are coming, hundreds of thousands of cases. Where are we with this? Are we in some kind of downturn? Why are people continuing to push mask mandates? This is not an anti-vax conversation. This is about the idea of force and a total lack of science. When the science is in its favor, I talk about that as well. Phil Kirpin of AmericanCommitment.org. The latest data on how ineffective masks are and foolhardy they are. And where are we with the Delta variant? That story is coming up. This is Tony Katz today.